We're on Daf Nun Ches. We're starting from the bottom line of Nun Zayin Amud Beis. We're talking over here about Churban Beitar. Amar Rabbi Barbechoner, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Arboim saw shall kitzutzei tefillin. Forty saw of tefillin, boxes of tefillin. Nimtu Baroshe Haruge Beitar were found when they when they finally went back. We were able to bury the bodies. I assume. So it sounds like they were able to find them with their tefillin on. And there were 40 of them, obviously a tremendous amount. More. No, it was three times 40. Each one was 40, so a total of 120. It says, it was 40 kupais, so again 120, but it was just broken up slightly differently. It says, the one that said it was 120, the one that said it was 40, that's not a machlaikis. Depends if we're talking about the tefillin shel roish. Tefillin shel roish is bigger. It has the four boxes in it, etc. So it's going to be bigger. And the ones on the yad are going to be smaller, and therefore it was took up less space. It really shouldn't be. Rashi, Rashi discusses whether it's four times more or not. Uh, or three, well, it's three times more, not four times more. Uh, but Lamaisa, there was that much more tefillin of the tefillin shel roish than there was a tefillin shel yad. Going back to discuss the bias, Churban bias Rishon. We keep switching back and forth here between the, the various Churbanas, but now we're back to bias Rishon. Amir Asi. Arba'im Kavin Moyach. Forty Kav of brains of Nebuch Jewish children that were killed. Nimtual Evanachas were found on one stone. Ula Amr Tisha Kavin. Tisha's Kavin, it wasn't four, not forty, I said four. Should be four, or he says nine. Amr of Kavin Vitemer of Shila Bamari Micro. Where do we see this in the Pasuk that the Bavlaim were so cruel by the Churban Bayes that they, they crushed? Uh, people's heads. The pasuk says, "And tell him, Bas Bavel Hashaduda Ashrei Sheishalim Loch." That what will happen to Bavel will be a midah kenegim midah. They will be punished in exactly what happened to them. And the pasuk says, "Ashrei Sheiches Venifet Zolayich Alasela." That you will have the Bavel punishment will be that their their children's heads will be smashed on stones. So that must be what as the midah kenegim midah must be what they had done to Klai Yisrael. Pasuk says by the Churban, it says Pasuk and Echa Bnei Tzion Hayikarim Hamisulaim Bapoz. That Bnei Tzion Klai Yisrael was Misulaim Bapoz. So Misulaim Bapoz is a strange kind of term. My Misulaim Bapoz. What does it mean Misulaim Bapoz? Right? Bapoz. If you're trying to say Misulaim means they are uh, more more valuable than Paz. Paz is, seems to be a type of expensive kind of jewelry or gold. So it should have said they Misulaim May Paz. That they Misula from. Paz. What does it mean? Bapaz. That they were covered in this type of jewelry. The Klaisel never had Paz. So it wasn't there a Masulim with Paz, because Klaisel never had that. Because it says in the Bible, Tarti Matkali Istiri Pisa Nochospiyama. There were two weights, two units of this Paz, this, this sort of external jewelry-based beauty that came down to the world. I mean, one was taken by Rome. They have lots of fancy statues and beautiful things. And the rest was split off over the rest of the world. So Klaiso definitely does not have more than anybody else has. That can't be. It was given to Rome. Ella says, When it's in the Sulim, it means that they were more than the Paz was. The Romans had Paz, but the natural, external, and it sounds like spiritual beauty of Klaiso was actually greater than that. So, the more gives an example. Meikara, originally, Chashive Deraimi, the uh, senators or the fancy people in Rome, have an akite bilyuna de gashpunka, when they used to have tashma shamita with their wives, and they wanted to look at a beautiful 
sort of form and think about that during the Zman of the Yetzirah Savlad. So they used to put like statues or different kinds of beautiful things in the room. Once they discovered Kalah Yisrael, so Nebuch Maisi B'nai Yisrael, they used to bring Jewish boys, girls it sounds like, who were very beautiful and handsome, and tie them up to the edge of the bed, and they would them so they can be looking at the beautiful Jews when they have Yetzirah Savlad. So it's a disgusting, horrible thing, but it shows that Klaiso was Mesula in Bapaz. They were more beautiful and more effective in that than any other beauty or statues or jewelry they have. Amalekhad the Chavre, so one of these Jewish, Nebuch Jewish kids who were tied to the bed said to the other one, Ha I read the Taichacha, I read all Nebuch, the horrible things that are supposed to happen to Klaiso Benavua. Where does it say this, that we're going to be tied to a bed while they're having Mesham Shamita? Because the Pasik says, no. The Pasik is in Kisov. There's more. Certain things that the Torah describes, which are, of course, horrible, and there's certain things which are even worse than that. And we can't even describe them in the Torah. And that's, this is an example of that. Omar, so the other one said, who had asked the question, I'm learning, I guess I'm somewhere in Pasha's Kisov or Sefer Dvarim. I didn't get up to that Pasuk yet. Where is that? Amalei, Inget, it's just a little bit, Pesutu, Palga, just a Dafachetzi, so you were almost up to that shtickle of the Pasuk, and you would have learned it on yourself. Amalei, Imati Legabei, Leisuch, if I would have gotten to there, I wouldn't have need you to teach me that, but uh, he, I didn't have a chance to get up to that, and therefore he asked him where this Pasuk is. Switching back now, back to Churban Beitar. Amar Vyudam Hashmuel, Mishim Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. My Dechsif, what's Pshat in the Pasuk in Eichel? It says, Enai Oilelele Nafshi, Mikol Benois Iri. That my eyes became disgusting uh, from crying because I was the only one left from my city. So what is this referring to? Abameya Batekinah Siris, Hayu Bekrach Beitar. There were 400 Batekinah Siris in Beitar. Bekolachas Viachas Hayu Barabameya Smilam Deitenah. Because each one had a giant base medrash with 400 teachers in it. Bekolachas Viachas Hayu Barabameya Smilam Deitenah. Each one of those teachers had 400 students, so multiple tens of thousands of students. When the Goyim tried to come in there originally, the kids or the teachers would smack the smack the Oyevim. They weren't able to attend. There were so many of them. But when the Romans were eventually able to destroy Beitar, they locked them. They took whatever swarm that the kids were learning, wrapped them up in it, and lit them on fire. Uh, and this is saying, being said by Rishon Gamliel. Rishon Gamliel was He was there, apparently, he's claiming. And uh, he survived from this, but everybody else was killed in this horrible way. Tanarabon, another similar story. He was visiting Rome. We have a number of stories in Shasta, Rishon Gamliel visiting Rome. Amrloi, they told him, There's a child who was captured in Yerushalayim, and he was brought to Rome, and he's beautiful, and he's handsome, uh, and he's good to look at. And he has beautiful braids or, or on his hair, beautiful ringlets on his hair. So Halach Vemana Pesach Besasurim. So Bishum Khanani said, I gotta find him. So how do you find him? You can't they won't let you in. So he screamed out a Pasuk. Amar, he said the Pasuk in Yeshaya, me Nosan Mishisi Yaakov Yisrael Bazim, who is gonna make who allowed Kilu Yaakov to be destroyed and, and downtrodden like this? So he heard this, this kid heard the Pasuk. The kid responded, the, the Hemshech of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, It's because we did a various, and we didn't go in Darchi Hashem, Oh, 
See, he knew the Pasik. So Amar said, Muftachani Rabbi so this kid must be already a Masugal, he's a genius, he must be Masugal to be a Tamakhachum. So avoid the Shen I have to be Paidim Khomaman Shapiskov. Even though we said earlier, you're not being paid there. People Yashimikade the Mayam, we taste said over here, we see from over here by Tamil Khachum, etc. There are exceptions to be made. So Amar Amru Lazazmi Shama Shapodum and Harry Pen and Mani Villa Yamam Watim at Shahira. Hayrabi Yisrael, and this kid Taka grew up to be a great Tamachacham. Who was this? This is the famous Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha. I'm going to read the Marav, talking about Yishmael ben Elisha. This is one of the stories we mentioned in the Kinnis. The daughter and the son of Yishmael ben Elisha, they were captured by the Goyim, Bizman Achorben, Bizman, some of the battles, and they were captured by two different owners. The Yamim is the Gavu the two owners got together, and I have a Wonderfully handsome Evid. I have a beautiful Shifcha. Let's get them married. And then we'll have wonderfully beautiful, strong, and uh, wonderful children as Avadim and Shvachis. They brought them together in the Cheder. These two, uh, these two Bnei Yisrael and Bas Yisrael from Rishma and Elisha. So the, the man boy was horrified. They couldn't see who each other were, obviously, at this stage. And one, the boy stood in one corner and cried, and the girl stood in the other corner and cried. Zeh Amr, and he said, the boy said, Ani koyim ben koyim I'm from Yishra ben Elisha, koyim gadol. Es uh, shifcha, I'm going to marry some goyish shifcha. Zayis, the daughter said, I'm married, Ani kohenes pas koyim gadolim, I come from Yichus, and nasa levin, v'bachu kol alayla. And they had some light. They realized they were brothers and sisters. And they cried so hard. They died. And that's what Yirmiya says. Obviously, Yirmiya was by Srishan, but still, Yirmiya says, This unbelievable, horrible tragedy that happens there. And we're going to use this Pasuk to reference other horrible stories that happened with Manach Horbit. Amarish that was her name. What, what is the name from? She was very beautiful. She was beaten. She came from the family of the kind of them. So what happened? So some goyim captured her, and they were obviously uh, t- taking advantage, raping her all night. The macher he dressed her up in a bunch of uh, cloaks. So different layers of clothing. And he's going to bring her out to be brought as, sold as a shifcha. Really ugly, horrible person. And he said to her, I'm not going to buy the shifcha. I want to see what she's like. Take off her clothes. So the guy said, He says, I'm, Trust me, she's beautiful. You don't have to undress her. I want to undress her. If she the six top layers, whatever she was wearing, they took off. and the seventh one ripped. Either she ripped it or it got ripped. and it fell on into the dirt. It got dirty. So this woman, who obviously uh, from Kahuna Gedayla, she said Kilu to the Rebbeinu Shalom. If you don't have Rachmanus and Arkavit, Al Kedusha Shimcha Sochus, at least have that. People shouldn't say Laman Shemoy. We say do it for for your covet. Malena Leha Koyin and Yirmiyah. That's what Yirmiyah said. Bas Ami. The pasuk says Chigri Sak Vispalshti Be'Afri. Be rolling in the dirt of Evel Yochid Asilach Mispet Tamrum Kipitam Yovet Ashedid Aleinu. And therefore, it's not just happening to Klai Yisrael, it's happening to the Rabbanishim Kaviyochel as well. That this chil, 
that they did is not just a pagam in the individual member of Klai it's a pagam in Kovid Shemaim as well. Amir Bidim what's Pshat in the Pasuk? It says in Micha, V'ashku gever ubeisoi v'ish v'nachalosoi. So what is this Pasuk talking about? Ma'isa Bidim, give us an example of what the story is referring to, a story of what the Pasuk is referring to. Ma'isa Bidim, and uh, he was jealous. He, he had taiva for someone else who was an Eshazis. He wasn't, when it says rabbi, it doesn't mean rabbi in Torah. It means he was an apprentice, uh, learning by him as, as, a, as a carpenter. So, Pam Achas, So the rabbi, the master carpenter, needed to borrow some money. So the Talmud said, No problem. Send your wife tonight to my house and I'll give her money to bring back to you. So the wife comes to the Talmud's house. And she stay, he stayed with her three days. He was mazan with her. And then the wife seemed to have just decided to stay there. So the Talmud goes back to the Rebbe and he says, So the Rabbi says to the Talmud, Where's my wife? He says, What do you mean? She came, I gave her money, she left. I guess she ran away. Making up a story. It could be she was captured on the road and they raped her and who knows what happened. So the Rav said to the Talmud, So what do I do with this horrible wife? She got captured and she was raped and it sounds like maybe she gave into it. So the Talmud said, I think she's not worth the effort. You should divorce her. Tricked her into it. So the Rav said, I can't divorce her. If she's alive somewhere and the get works, then it's... Uh, her ksuba is too great. So I'll lend you the money. Vitain and you can pay her ksuba. So he said, Okay, Valdik. So he divorced her. The Talmud comes and the woman I guess is alive now. And she comes back, she gets the get, and he divorces her, and the Talmud marries her. So now, not only did he marry her, but now he owes money to the Talmud. The Rav had borrowed money for the Ksuba. He didn't have what to pay back. So the Talmud said, Okay, if you can't pay me back, that's fine. Now you come work for me as a servant. This Talmud and the ex-wife of the Rav, who are now married, and he is their butler. He was crying into their crisis. This was a story. This was Nebuch Yidin who did this story. And that was one of the things they did. This was Gili Arayas. And obviously it was Menom Chaver as well. Nebuch. So that is one version of the story. Another version of what happened that the Gzardin of Echod that they were sharing wives uh, between each other. Again, Eshes Ish was more Gili Arayas oriented, uh, but the same idea. Okay, Adkan, the stories of the Chorban. Until here, you're allowed to learn from the beginning of the Sugi on Tishabov. Now we move back to the halachas that we've been learning in the Mishnah. The Mishnah had said, back on our name and base, and this is how we got into the Sugi, the Mishnah brought the halachas of the Sik Rikun. And the Sik Rikun was, again, something that was related to Tikkun Oilam. That's why it's being brought in these series of stories and series of halachas. So the Sik Rikun said, and we came out in the beginning on the Gemara on Nunheim Abbas, that there was actually different stages in the halacha. Okay, let's just review those stages from the Gemara and Nunheim Abbas before we get into the more details here. The first stage was that when the Goyim were threatening to kill Kalal Yisrael, if they did not give up their land. So we said, Gomer Umakni, that someone who owned the piece of land, and the Sikurikan took it away because he said, I'll spare your life if you give me your land. He gave that piece of land to the Sikurikan. It's owned by the Sikurikan totally. 
Nothing to talk about Sikrikun. It's owned by him totally. There's no possibility of getting it back. And if that Sikrikun sells it to another, to another year, sells it to Shimon, Ruvain has no recourse whatsoever. That was when there was a threat of violence against the Jewish people. At a later stage in history, the threat of violence abated. Um, and as the Gemara, as the Mishnah had said, it was actually the opposite. You were not allowed to have violence against Jews, but taking Jewish money seemed to be something that was still, still fine to do. So in the second stage, if the Sukrikun took the field and then from Ruvain, and then Shimon goes and buys it from the Sukrikun, um, so we would say, we'd say Shimon has no right to own that field, because that field is not halachically, according to the Rabbana and according to the Torah, owned by the Sukrikun, and therefore the field absolutely would go directly to Ruvain. Whether Ruvain has to pay Shimon back for what he paid, he probably paid a little sort of amount. It's not a discussion, the Gemara doesn't really discuss that point, it seems to be a discussion in the Rishonim. Uh, but at some point we said, at that stage, we said the first stage was Mechay Bottle. The Mishnah then said a third stage. And the third stage was that the Bezdan Achreim said we have a problem. Because what was happening is the Sukrikim were taking fields away from people, taking away fields from Ruvain, and Ruvain didn't have money to pay it back. And nobody was going to buy the fields back from the Sukrikim. Even though you're getting a really good cheap price, nobody would pay for that because they'd be afraid that Ruvain would come to Vayan Bezdan and take the field away. And now the field is being stuck by the Sukrikim. So Chazal said, what do we do in that case? Instead, what we're going to do is as follows. We're going to say that when Shimon buys the field from the Sukrikun, even though really, halakhically, it does not belong to the Sukrikun and should go back to Ruvain, we're going to let Shimon keep it. However, if Shimon paid a cheaper price, which we'll discuss in the Gemara what exactly that cheaper price is, but if he paid a cheaper price to the field, so he, we don't let him keep that cheaper price, he has to pay the difference of the real price to the cheaper price that he's going to have to pay back to Ruvain, the original owner of the field. But, and there's one big but here, if Lamaisa Ruvain had money, and Ruvain just maybe never had a chance to go collect the field back from the Sukrikun. He actually had cash available. He's then allowed to get first dibs to that field. Sounds like if he took the field away from, he can actually take the field away from Shimon from the Mishnah, and he'd have to pay Shimon for whatever it is that Shimon took. So we have two choices in, the, in that third stage, which is either Shimon gets it, but he gives a, some, uh, some that compensation, but uh, whatever was missing from the price of the field, he has to pay to the original owner, or the original owner has the ability to take it. Then we had a fourth stage. And the fourth stage was the halacha Rebbe said in the Mishnah. Rebbe was Nimnu Vagamru, That if it stays in front of the Sukrikan for more than 12 months, then the original owner, even if he has money, gives up all possibility of getting that field back. If Shimon buys the field from Sukrikan, he still has to pay to the original owner the difference in the real price to the fake price, which we'll talk about, this cheaper price. But the Ruben lost his ability to claim the field back if it stayed by Sukrikan for more than 12 months. That's so far the halachas we've seen in the Mishnah. Now, let's jump into the more here, uh, continuing on the bottom of Nunches. Amarav. Rav said, Lo yishanu, that which we said that in the original halacha, that the mekhoi is bottle, that we said that if you try to buy from the Sukrikan in the second stage, where already they weren't killing Jews. So we said in the second stage, a mekhoi has bottle, and you have to give it back to the original owner. That's Elad Amrle We said if you bought it from and then you try to go to the Balbais and buy it from him. The Balbais agreed, the Mishnah said, that he doesn't really mean to agree. He's just afraid of the Sukrikun, so therefore he agrees. But he doesn't really agree. So it says, Rav, it depends what he said. If he said, go buy it, he said it, then Mastami doesn't really mean to uh, agree to that. And really, all things being equal, it really belongs to him field. He does not mean for the Sukrikun to keep it. He does not mean for Shimon to keep it. If Ruven, when I was saying, actually wrote a star that he agrees that Shimon can buy the field, then then we say that he really means for Shimon to be able to buy it, and he has no claim left on Shimon. Like we said, he'll probably have to get the court the difference of money, maybe. 
but he definitely does not get the field back. Shmuel Amar Af Bishtar. Even if Reuven wrote a star, Nami Kona, he's also not Kona. Ad If he writes a Chrayis, that if the field gets taken away from Shimon, they can come to Veya from Reuven, etc. Okay, that far for sure he didn't need to do. If he does do that, then clearly he really means to. So we have Machlokes Rav and Shmuel. Everybody agrees. If you just say it verbally, then definitely it means nothing. It's Mechay Batal if. Uh, if he wasn't the first one, like we said in the Mishnah, if he was the second one. Everybody agrees if you write a star with a chrayis, then you for sure do mean for Reuven to give it to Shimon and let Shimon keep it. If you just write a star without a chrayis, then Shmuel says that still doesn't mean anything. And Rav says, no, even writing a star, uh, it does count. So we have the same case over there where someone's buying a field, same, say from the Mishnah, someone's buying a field from the husband, so if he buy, that was Nixem Belug, really belongs to the Isha. So if he paid the husband and then he goes to pay the Isha, so we said the Isha agrees because she's afraid. She doesn't really mean it. So the Mishnah said, because she has no reason to agree, and if she does agree, obviously she really means it. But if it's the opposite, first in the Ish, which we said no it's master from that brisa that writing a star for her writing a star would not be good enough like Rav said rather it has to be she wrote a Christ if she writes a Christ then she really means to give it up in that case it's mama like so name it that you have to the Rav Rav says no my Christ nami star when it says a Christ doesn't really mean a Christ a Christ just a nice term for a star because mostly stars are always written we always say a Christ seifu stars always have Achrayis in them for the most part, and therefore when it says Achrayis, it just means a star. But you don't actually have to have the Achrayis, just writing a star itself would be enough for us to understand that the Isha really means to give up the field. Says the Gemara, what about the following case? Lokach min hasikrukin. So Reuven has a field, it was taken away by Sikrukin, Shimon buys the field. And now Shimon has been on the field for three full years. And the, but in front of Ruvain. Now, normally we have a lacha called Chazaka. Chazaka normally says, if a field belonged to Ruvain and Shimon was on the field for three years, and normally we say, if Ruvain can prove it was his field, all things being equal, Shimon has to, the burden of proof falls to Shimon. And Shimon would have to say, no, 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 no. I bought the field from you and here's my star. However, Chazal said, you don't have to keep the star forever. Once you've lived on a field for three years, then we'd say you don't have to keep the star, just proving you lived there for three years and that Reuven did not protest any time during the three years is just as good as having your star and that would be good enough. Okay, that's normally the halacha. In this case, what happens in this situation? So, Shimon's living in the field now for three years after he bought it from the Sukrikun. Now, Shimon goes ahead and sells it to Levi. So now, Reuven comes to Levi. And Reuven says, hey, Levi, you bought that from Shimon. Shimon bought it from Sukrik. And it's really my field. I'm taking it back from you. Reuven has no taina on Levi at all. Why? So the more explains. So now, what are we talking about over here? So, where, whenever someone says, this was my field, obviously Reuven can prove it was his field. So what is Shimon and Levi's response over here? Okay, so if Levi, who bought it from Shimon, who bought it from the Sukrikan, says, that it was bought from you, knows that he, he bought from you the field, as we said in Takana, in the second, in the third stage of the Takana was, that Shimon gets to keep the field, but he has to pay Reuven that quarter amount, which we'll discuss in a minute. So in that stage, 
uh, in the first stage where we say Reuven gets his field back, so Reuven gets his field back, right? He says, I don't care, nothing, it's my field. Unless you can prove otherwise, get out of here. You have no time against me. But in the case where in stage three, in stage three, Reuven cannot get his field back. All he can claim is either I give you my field back or you have to pay me at least that quarter, quarter amount of money that you saved. So in this case, what's happening? If Levi says, that, what are you talking about, Ruvain? That Shimon, Ru Levi says that Shimon told me that uh, he paid you the money. And he paid you that money. That's all Chazal said he has to pay and he's allowed to live there. So that, that's true, says the Gemara. But I feel Rishonami. So what does it have to do with Shimon selling it to Levi? Even if Ruvain comes to Shimon directly, when there's no Levi. Shimon says to Ruvain, says, Shimon, what are you doing in my field? Ruben, Shimon says, what do you mean? I bought it from Sukrik and I've been living here for three years. But the fact that I lived for three years is a raya that I must have paid you the money, and therefore we're good enough. So, what do you have to have Levi in the picture for? If we're talking about where Levi says, uh, I, I guess Shimon didn't pay you, so then the same thing. So, who cares if it's Biyad Shimon, Biyad Levi, if Ruvain proves he owned the field originally, and nobody can show that they actually, no one even tainas that they paid for it. So if they tied it, they paid for it, Chazaka would help. But if they didn't even tie it, they paid for it. That's what we call Chazaka She'eni Maitaina. The fact that you live for, in a field for three years is not enough. It has to be you live in the field for three years, which proves something. So you have to say what that's proving. So normally you say, it proves that I bought the field from you. But if they don't say that, so it makes no difference. So Rumor says, what's going on in this halach on the b'risa? Some of Shesh, Shesh, I'll explain to you. We're not talking about Erechanami. If Levi or Shimon says that Reuven got his money, and the proof that he got his money was we're living here for three years, no problem. Erechanami, that, that works. Over here, they did not tie into that. They just said, it's our field. And Reuven says, too bad, get out of my field. But, so normally in that case, we would throw them out of the field. They don't, they're not claiming how they got it. Reuven says, he says, I don't care how long you live there for it. I'm the Marekama, I get the field. But sometimes Chazal say, even though you did not say the proper taina, if you would have said that Reuven got his money, we would let you stay in the field. So if we're talking about the second generation, if we're talking about Yershim, or we're talking about a Lokeach who doesn't levy in this case, who doesn't necessarily know what Shimon did with his field, we taina for you. The Edoch, if it was Shimon himself, if we're dealing with Reuven fighting with Shimon, Shimon has to say that he paid the money. If he doesn't say he paid the money, the fact that Erechazaka is relevant, we kick Shimon out. But since we're dealing with either Shimon's children or Levi, who Shimon sold it to, they don't necessarily know what Shimon did. We don't say there's any issue over there of Taina and Chazal Taina on their behalf, and it becomes a Chazaka Shieshi by Taina. Tarabonim, we have similar cases over here of this Sikirikun. Tarabonim, Habo Machmaschoyf. What if a guy takes a field away from Ruve? Not as a Sikirikun. But he says, Ruvain owes him money. And if you owe me money, I'm taking your field away. Machmas and Puris. And Puris is an interesting case where he takes the field away, but he's not a Sukrikun halacha. Okay? So he just says, I'm forcing you to give you the field. I'm stealing the field from you. But it's not a Sukrikun where it was like a cultural thing based on a war situation. So says the Bryce, in that case, ain't by Mishum Sukrikun. There is no Din Sukrikun over there. That which Chazal made at Takono, that if you, don't, if you stay for 12 months and you don't pay back uh, and you don't kick him out, that you could keep it and you have to pay the quarter amount and all that, that was all in a case of Sukrikun. Okay, because we're trying to make sure that people take the fields away from the guy. And that was the whole idea. Over here, by Achoiv or Anpurius, Chazal didn't have to step in in that situation. And therefore, if someone else buys the field, it definitely goes back to the original owner. It goes back to the original owner. We don't have to do anything to encourage people to buy these fields. By Sukrikun, we're nervous if people, if, if 
uh, if you don't let Shimon keep the field, then no one's going to want to be played a field from Sukrika. That was the third stage in the Takona. So therefore we said Shimon's allowed to keep it, he pays Ruven a little bit of money. But in this case, where it was taken away from Ruven either legitimately for a chayv or if stolen but not by Sukrikun, we don't have to protect anybody in their case. If Shimon buys it, buys it at his own risk, Ruven can prove it's his, get the field away. And this case of Anpurian, we said you have to be there for 12 months. What do you mean to be there for 12 months? We just said there is no Sakrika. The whole idea of 12 months, that if you're there for 12 months, even if Ruven had money, we let the Shimon keep it and pay a little bit. That was all it did in Sakrikun. Some of you right, there's a piece missing. Sakrikun, like Rebbe said, even if, if Ruven had money, we say Ruven gets the field. If Ruven doesn't have, if Ruven waited 12 months, he loses the field. But, by this other case of 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 Anpurius, there is no din of that at all, and therefore that's not no gay. Omer Yosef says of Yosef Naktinon she'ain Anpurius bebavol. It sounds like he's telling you that the Metzias doesn't exist. We see Anpurius. People just steal fields. It happens. Oh, we say there is no din Anpurius. We say that din of Anpurius normally is that. When Reuven has his field stolen by a guy and Shimon buys it, Reuven can prove it was his and take it away from Shimon. It's not a Sukrika. By Sukrika, and Shimon gets to keep it. By Emporius, Reuven gets it back. That is not, is not true in Bavel. In Bavel, Shimon gets to keep it. Why? My time at the Ikebe Davor. Over here we have courts. And if there's courts and police, even if there's Goyish courts, but there's people in the city, and you didn't go to him, we have to assume that Reuven was actually Meichel the field to Shimon. If he's Meichel the field to Shimon, then of course Shimon gets to keep it. So we have to take in mind Reuven's, uh, Reuven's psychological approach over here, what he's, what he's acting on in that situation. It says the following halacha, very interesting. Halacha. Gidol bar Eloi. That was the name of a person, apparently. So, Kibel Arab Bagad. So, the halacha in those days was that the king, or whoever the greatest shultan was, he would tax the people. So, it's not like in our days. In our days, there's an individual, like, uh, either income tax, or we're talking here about property tax on each individual property. Those days didn't work like that. In those days, they used to have a tax on the area. Okay, so let's imagine a town within a city. So in the little town, this little village in the city had a certain amount of tax they had to raise for the king. And each person had to contribute their share to the town tax, and then that money was delivered as a unit all to the king. Okay, so what happens if someone's out of town and they don't pay their money? So they have a field. They have a field in the town. The town's supposed to pay $10,000. And each person is supposed to pay whatever based on the size of field they have in the town towards that general collection. Ruben's out of town. Ruben's out here. He went away for 12 months, 18 months. Okay. So what the seemed to be was that Shimon could come along and say, well, if Ruben's not paying his taxes, I will pay his taxes on his behalf. But then, for those 12 months that I'm paying the taxes, it's my field. It's not really my field. It's like a rental. But it's a forced rental because I'm paying his taxes. So we have the following case. He was Makabal field from the people in this certain valley because he paid the taxes. The taska is the taxes. But he did a shtick. He said, you know what, if I'm paying it for the next year already, and you know, Ruben's not here, so I get to use the field, I'm going to prepay for the next two years after, a total of three years. And that way I get like a long-term lease of this field. Now, could be Ruben's kind of come back, and he's going to want the field back in that time. So what's the aloha? So Ruven came back. So it was after the year. Fine. The first year, which I wasn't here, I didn't pay the taxes, and you got to use the field. But I'm going to pay the next two years' taxes. That's going to be mine. You prepaid. That's your own problem. So what happens over here? Does 
does Shimon, who prepaid these extra two years' taxes, does he get money back from Ruvain? Like, how does it work? So that's the commander of Papa. They went to Bezdin of Papa. So Savar, the Michtivle, so if Papa thought he was going to write, Tir for Bnei Baga, that he can go to Ruben and say, you have to pay me that two years. Ruben's going to go now pay taxes basically a second time. So if that's the case, he has to pay back. So Shimon, who prepaid these taxes, can collect from Ruben and say, hey, give it to me. What you're saying over here is this is like a Din Sikrukun, that he took the field away. And Chazal said that someone who buys from the Sikrukun does not lose their money. And we said that was the Takana. If you live there for 12 months, you get to keep the field. So this is Sikrukun. Reuven saw that he wasn't having taxes paid. So he goes, Shimon saw that Reuven wasn't paying the taxes. So he goes and prepays the taxes. He could just take the field and keep it. We never see such Allah like that. Oh, it's Ruben's field. Yes, for the one year that Ruben was away, Shimon gets the field, but not for the future. That's uh, Shimon's problem. <laughs> Shimon paid all prepaid taxes he never should have paid. He loses that money. It's nothing to do with Ruben. If he wants to go to the king to get his money back, good luck, but uh, you're not getting it from Ruben. The Mishnah then continued. And the Mishnah said, Zu Mishnah So we said that what happened is, is that the owner had bu- the, the owner had lost the field to the Sukrikan. And we said that after uh, once Chazal wanted to encourage people to be paid a field back to Sukrikan, and they're not going to be able to do that if they lose the field. So we actually let Shimon keep the field. But when Shimon bought the field for Sukrikan, he paid a lower price. So let's say the field was worth 100 So he paid, let's say, just for argument's sake, we'll talk about the details in a second. For argument's sake, he paid 75 Okay, so even though he gets to keep the field, the 25 that he should have paid for the field, at least that 25 he has to give to Ruven. That was Takanas Chazal. Oh. Now, how much does he actually have to pay? What is the deal here? So now we have a Machlech's name. The Mishra said a Revia, a quarter, but there's two ways to Cheshben how this works. I'm a Rav. Revia Bakarka or Revia Bamos. Rav says the deal is like this. The deal is that when you buy a field from Sukrika and you're paying less. How much less? So you're paying one quarter less, but Miligav. Okay, what does that mean? Meaning, if you actually pay the Sukrik on 100, actually, the field is worth 125. Okay, so you're paying four-fifths of the price of the field. So the field is really worth 125. You're paying 100. So now, if that's it, you save 25. You save 25% from the total cost of what you actually paid. You paid 100 instead of paying 125. So that one-fifth is actually one-quarter of the 100. So that 25 you need to pay, Shimon needs to pay to Ruvain. And therefore he calls that Revia Bekarka Bamanas. Either you pay him cash or you give him a piece of the field. But whatever it is, it's 25% of what he paid. He paid 100, which means it was really worth 125. He has to pay that difference. Shmuel Amar Revia Bekarka Shen Shlish Bamos. Ruvain, Shimon, Shimon, Shmuel says, no, the math is not what you said. The math is actually the opposite. The math is, if you paid 100, that actually means it was worth 133. Okay? And if it's worth 133, so you're, you're going to be paying him a quarter of what you, of the karka, of what it's really worth. So a quarter of 133 is actually 33. So you're going to pay him 33%, which is 33 of what you really paid, which is 25% of the actual price. According to Rav, it's 25% of what you paid. According to Shmuel, it's 25% of the actual price. What's the issue? Mike Mifigi. Mar Savar, Shmuel says, Nechirav is Riva Zavin. When he sold it to him for 100, it was a quarter less. So meaning he paid three quarters. 
Well, three quarters, if 100 is the three quarters, so then the real price is 133. Rav says no, that it was actually a fifth less, so when he paid 100, it was actually worth 125. So we're arguing, when he paid 100, was it worth 125, or was it worth 133? Meisvei, we have a brayse. The brayse seems to talk about this. You give him a quarter. What he wants? Ratsu bekarka noitlin. Ratsu bemosle. He could take cash or he could take karka. Emasay bezman shem biadalika. We said in the mission, if he doesn't have what to pay, of the yesh biadalika, chen kamer the call. Of course, they get to perform. So Rabbi Hush Bezdin, this continues in the Mishnah of Animnu, Shemsasm, Tishikrikish, Nemesachaydash, and he didn't claim it, Vichalokodim, Likach, Zoichov, and Aislabam, Revia, Karka, Revia, Bamos. So it sounds like that the Brisa is Revia. And according to Shmuel, it's not Revia. According to Shmuel, we said it's actually a third of what you paid. When he actually meant is, it, it is a quarter, but it's a quarter of the total actual price of the field. So the field was 133, you're paying a quarter of that. So everybody agrees it's a quarter. The Mishnah says a quarter. It's a question of a quarter of what? Is there a quarter of what you paid? So you've paid 100, a quarter of that is 25, which is actually one-fifth of the real price. Or is it one quarter of the actual price, which means that you're actually paying a third of, the, of what you paid. So you paid 100, you give 33, which is means the real price was 133, and a quarter of that is 33. So those are the two ways that Shmuel and Rav have to figure out Pshat in the Mishnah.